What's up, everybody? I'm David Hain. Welcome to episode 197 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please like, subscribe, follow, and share the link with your friends. And if you really want to do me a favor, can you get two friends to listen to this episode and then chat with them about it? If you'd like to get our curriculum, you can get the paperback or ebook of From Ashes to Destiny on Amazon. When we come back, we'll get into this episode entitled Addiction, Who, Me? Welcome back to episode 197 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast entitled Addiction, Who, Me? Well, in this episode, as I say in the title, Who, Me? We're really going to look at the definitions of addiction and take a very serious look, but also keep a lighter side to it. I've been getting comments recently from listeners saying, man, your your podcasts are really heavy and we need something to smile or laugh about. So we're going to use the walkabout style that I've used in earlier episodes, which quite frankly, tends to keep me in a lighter mood as I'm recording them. And the who me part is really to say a couple of things. One, many of us in addiction are in denial for so long that we can hear things but say, nah, that's not me. So it's it's a chance to say, maybe I need to look a little closer at myself. But it's also a chance to to look at some tools to do it, but keep it light at the same time. So I'm going to start out with the tools. And I'm going to use the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, known as the DSM. And it's the tool used by the American Psychiatric Association, which is really the standard for mental health services in the States. And their current edition is DSM-5. And they have 11 criteria for addiction if you go on their website. So I'm going to go through the 11 criteria and just say that you can look at at these criteria from the standpoint of yourself in addiction or your loved ones for are there areas of, you know, things being slightly out of control or impaired control? Is there physical dependence? Are there social problems? Are there risky use? And these are the things that they'll look at in these 11 criteria. You ready? The first one is using more of a substance than intended or using it for longer than you're meant to. The second one is trying to cut down or stop using the substance but being unable to. The third one is Experiencing intense cravings or urges to use the substance. The fourth one is needing more of the substance to get the desired effect. So this is when tolerance is building. The fifth one is developing withdrawal symptoms when not using the substance. The sixth one is spending more time getting and using drugs and recovering from substance use. The seventh is neglecting responsibilities at home, work, or school because of substance use. The eighth is continuing to use even when it causes relationship problems. 
The ninth, giving up important or desirable social and recreational activities due to substance use. The tenth, using substances in risky settings that put you in danger. And the eleventh, continuing to use despite the substance causing problems to your physical and mental health. So these are the 11 things that if you go for a clinical diagnosis that psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors will use to determine your level of dependence, your level of substance use disorder, addiction, however they're evaluating it. And the DSM-5 uh, when used as a tool by these people says if you have one of those 11 things it indicates that you're at risk for substance use disorder if you have two or three that as you listen to those you say yeah that's me the diagnosis would be mild substance use disorder if you have four or five symptoms from that 11 you would be diagnosed with moderate substance use disorder and if you have six or more, so if you're at half or more of those 11 criteria, this indicates severe substance use disorder and really throws up all the signals and red flags that there's an addiction to that substance. Okay, you got the picture? So that's setting up the background. And now we're going to pretend that, that this is sort of a DSM-5 park that we went to for a walkabout. And we've got a loop trail that we're going to go on. And we're going to come to signs and plaques along the way to think about things. We're going to also come to vistas and overlooks that will give us a, a better view of the big picture. And we'll also have some benches where you can just sit down and relax. So I'll let you decide which one of those we're at as we walk around. And I'm going to give some different definitions of addiction that I've used and that people have used over the years. So we're going to start at one that, that I've used a lot when I give talks, and that is addiction is engaging in impulsive or compulsive behavior, even though we know the consequences. So let's say we're on the walk, and that's the first thing you come to. It, it, it would be a bench for me where we sit down and look at what are the things that impulsively we're doing just because the opportunities presented itself or we think we can get away with it or compulsively it's drawing us like a magnet and in both instances we know consequences are at risk consequences of job health family whatever it might be legal consequences but we do it anyway. Okay, let's walk along a little further. We get to the, to the next sign, and it, it's a quote by Alan Leshner, who is a leading neurologist who really, in his work in addiction treatment, came up with this quote. Addiction is a chronic relapsing brain disease. You got it? So in this, we need to really reflect on this as we look at the this plaque and say, 
what's going on in my brain that's causing me to keep relapsing when I tell myself I'm going to quit again and again. You know, I know I'm past the physical withdrawal. I know I'm past the physical symptoms. But these thoughts, these depressive thoughts, these anxious thoughts are still bouncing around in my brain and I can't get to sobriety that lasts for long. Okay, let's walk along a little further. And we come to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary Bench. And here, Merriam-Webster Dictionary says, addiction is exhibiting a compulsive, chronic, physiological or psychological need for a habit-forming substance, behavior, or activity. And for, they say, for example, being addicted to heroin, alcohol, gambling. You've got the picture. So here we need to, to re- sit down and reflect. Again, what are we doing compulsively? Is this chronic? Is this just been nagging us our whole life and we can't get fully free? What are the physiological aspects? What are the psychological aspects? And how does the substance we're using or the behavior that we're doing or the activity that we're involved in, like gambling or porn, how does this control our lives? Okay? Let's move on down the path. And we get to a bench with a a sign on it from Edward Welch, Edward T. Welch, an American pastor, professor, and author. And it says, addiction is bondage to the rule of a substance, activity, or state of mind, which then becomes the center of life, defending itself from the truth so that even bad consequences don't bring repentance and leading to further estrangement from God. So if you're a a man or woman of faith, this would be one for you to, to really reflect on as you see this one. to be able to look at the bondage that you're in to this substance activity or, or state of mind, the thoughts, to the point that it becomes the center of your life. This bondage becomes the center of your life and even truth can't break through and bad consequences doesn't bring repentance, leading to just further estrangement and questions in our faith. Okay, so let's move on a little bit from there. As we walk further down the road, we come up to one that just says anonymous. And this sign says, when you can stop, you don't want to. And when you want to stop, you can't. That's addiction. Hmm. That. That, to me, I think is, is one of these vistas where we just need to look out at the big picture and say, in my past, what are the times that I had the opportunity to stop, but I just wasn't interested? Or when I want to stop, I couldn't find a way to do it. And I want to bring a little bit of levity in here. Richard Pryor, a comedian and actor, said, I'm not addicted to cocaine. I just like the way it smells. (laughs) You got it? Maybe you've been stuck in that when you can stop, you don't want to because you're still just deceiving yourself. 
Or maybe when you want to stop, you can't. And Marilyn Manson, the musician, said, I say no to drugs, but they don't listen. Have you ever been caught up in that time where you just, you've determined now to stop, but you can't find the words for the drugs to listen to leave you alone? Okay, let's move on to the next spot in the path. And this is a quote from Gabor Mate, the Canadian doctor who's deeply involved in addiction work. And he said, it's impossible to understand addiction without asking what relief the addict finds or hopes to find in the drug or the addictive behavior. And this is a a huge part. I think, especially for loved ones, and, and they struggle to understand the addiction and understand how to get their loved one to stop. But we often skip the point of understanding what the actual addict is hoping to find in their drug of choice. What are they escaping from? What are they numbing? What fantasy are they forming? And Edgar Allan Poe, the poet, said, I have absolutely no pleasure in the stimulants in which I sometimes so madly indulge. It has not been in the pursuit of pleasure that I have periled life and reputation and reason. It has been the desperate attempt to escape from torturing memories, from a sense of insupportable loneliness, and a dread of some strange impending doom. Shaw, that's deep, you got that. And Russell Brand, the comedian and actor, when he was talking on his drug abuse said, the priority of any addict is to anesthetize the pain of living to ease the passage of day with some purchased relief. So I think this one's a great challenge to say, what are we trying to find and what are our loved ones trying to find in their drug of choice? And as my final stop, I come to a sign from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And here is the definition of alcoholism. And it says, alcoholism is a disease of three parts, a physical allergy, a mental obsession, and a spiritual malady. So we've got a variety of definitions and thoughts here. But keeping in mind how people react to some of these, and this one on alcoholism, here's a quote from Ernest Hemingway, the author. And he says, Always do sober what you said you'd do drunk. That will teach you to keep your mouth shut. I think that's good advice. And F. Scott Fitzgerald, the author, said, first you take a drink, and then the drink takes a drink, and then the drink takes you. Okay, let's come to the end of the trail. And here at the end of the trail is a sign that reminds us that laughter is the best medicine. And it leaves us with this short joke by Henny Youngman, the comedian. When I read about the evils of drinking, I gave up reading. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast and going on this walkabout with us today. If you'd like more information about addiction, I urge you to reach out and join a group. You can message me on the link in this podcast or by email at davidfromatd at gmail.com or go to my website 
www.fromhd.org and click on the contact page. Tune in Monday for our next episode. And as always, stay safe and stay resilient.